just an average man with an average life. I work from nine to five. Hey hell, I pay the price. All I want is to be left alone in my average home. Why do I always feel like I'm in the twilight zone? I always feel like somebody's watching me. I have no privacy. Oh, I always feel like somebody's watching me. Oh, it's Donnie. Donnie, what's going on now? I'm seeing pictures of you on the golf course with no clubs. Two things come to mind. One, I know a few mobsters who love golf. They go out there to talk as you can't put a listening device on a golf course. Also, who you talking to? You've gone through more lawyers now than Howard Hughes. And any federal lawyer, they ain't touching you with a 10-foot pole or your cases. And I say that with an S on the end, plural. This scene on the golf course, though, it also reminds me of that scene in Casino. You know the one. I mean, it got to the point where they couldn't even talk in the gold rush anymore because the feds put a wire in the wall. And even when they talked outside, they had to cover their mouths because the feds brought in lip readers. Let's get down to business, as there once again is a lot going on. First order of business that strikes me as interesting is I was perusing Twitter the other night, which is something I do on occasion, scrolling for inspiration, and I got it. The inspiration came from our old buddy, the guy I like to call the Prince of New York, a.k.a. the Bagman, a.k.a. Mr. Otisville, Michael Cohen, a.k.a. Mickey Cohen. Donald, of course, is a disgraceful, um, non-empathetic, narcissistic sociopath that you don't want to represent. That's not the reason why he's having a hard time getting competent counsel to work for him. The reason is because for the last 45 to 50 years since he started the Trump organization, he has basically stiffed virtually every single law firm that he has come into contact with. So the lawyers aren't thinking more about, hey, do I represent Donald or not? You know, I don't like him. I don't like his policies. I don't like his racist, sexist, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, anti-Semitic rhetoric. That's not why they're not taking the case because they would love to take a case where they're going to be making a lot of money, even though that they don't like the person or the policy. They're doing it because they know they're not going to get paid. They know he is an absolutely impossible client to deal with because he wants to run his own litigation, despite the fact he has no idea what he's doing. If there is anyone that might have an inkling on what is going on behind the scenes with D. Trump, it could be old Mickey. And guess what? Mickey... He's got a new book on the way, obviously. So he is really pushing his inside dirt again. In his own words, he states, all the chaos and confusion that you are witnessing on a daily basis is explained in his soon to be released book, apparently or appropriately titled Revenge, how Donald Trump weaponized the US Department of Justice against his critics. This is heady fucking stuff, Mikey. In the book that you mentioned, Revenge, which is be coming out in October, I want to really let you know what's going on in that book. What it does is it talks about how Donald Trump weaponized the Justice Department to go against his critics. All right. This is all part of the Donald Trump plan. Somehow or another, he gets people to take the fall for him, including myself. One of old Mickey's talking points is that the head of the Southern District 
Jeffrey Berman allowed Bill Barr and Trump to meddle in his prosecution. And if you remember correctly, Cohen was sent back to Otisville prison after he was let out. Supposedly, he explains all this shit in the book. He's coming after Berman hard, saying what he did was criminal. This is interesting, as I thought Jeffrey Berman was kind of a lame duck head of the Southern District. But come to find out, he was a staunch Republican, one of those like wacky Christian right type guys. And his politics, I think, did interfere with his decisions in the Southern District. Cohen is calling for Berman to be indicted, questioned, and prosecuted. Cohen might even sue Barr, Berman, and the Justice Department. Good luck with that one, Mickey. Now with Jeffrey Berman, he was the U.S. Attorney for New York Southern District, fired by President Trump in June 2020 after refusing to resign. And he's out with a new book, Holding the Line, about his tumultuous, in many ways, unprecedented tenure. This is his first interview. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I read the book over the weekend. It's pretty stunning stuff. You paint a picture of President Trump and his allies uh, pressuring you to protect his friends and prosecute his enemies. Had you ever seen anything like that before? How did it play out? I had never seen anything like that before. And uh, I was a, you know, a junior prosecutor in the Southern District in the early 90s and uh, never seen anything like that. People who had been in the office for 40 years never saw anything like that. It was unprecedented and scary. Let's talk about some of the specifics. So you talk about an effort to get you to prosecute the former Secretary of State, John Kerry. Yeah, that was truly outrageous. Uh, President Trump attacks John Kerry in two tweets saying that Kerry engaged in possible illegal conversations with Iranian officials regarding the Iran nuclear deal. The very next day, the Trump Justice Department refers the John Kerry criminal case to the Southern District of New York. Two tweets by the president and the John Kerry criminal case becomes a priority for the Department of Justice. And the statute they wanted us to use was enacted in 1799 and had never been successfully prosecuted. So in about 220 years, this criminal statute was on the books. There were no convictions. Your, your office also prosecuted Michael Cohen, who is, of course, President Trump's former lawyer. How did the president's allies get involved in that case? A, a couple different ways. Uh, in the first instance, on the eve of Cohen's guilty plea, Maine Justice tried to get our office to remove any reference to individual one who was President Trump. And they were unsuccessful in that venture. And they, they were unsuccessful in every attempt to politically interfere with our office. Not to be upstaged by Michael Cohen, Jeffrey Berman is releasing his own book about his time at the Southern District. Wouldn't you know? These fucking people, the bar, Jeffrey Berman, Cohen, they all fucking suck at the teat of Donnie. And when it goes south, they become publishing all-stars. The hits just keep coming. So not only is Cohen throwing Berman under the bus, he now is saying what is written in Berman's book is grounds for yet another fucking investigation. I got an original idea here, guys. How about people like Bill Barr or Jeffrey Berman who have risen to the upper echelon of our hallowed federal criminal justice system, spend time writing books about how the system is corrupt, 
or solutions for fixing the rigged Southern District, or talk about how we can adapt our current penal institutions and our fucked up courts. What they want to do is enrich their fucking selves for backing a two-bit dictator with aspirations of being an oligarch, a failed oligarch at that. Damn, the anger I have reading all of these stories. What people are missing is that all the other documents taken, even if they claim to be executive privilege, either belong to the government because they're government records, even if they're classified, even if they're uh, subject to executive privilege, they still belong to the government and go to the archives. Let me just say, uh, I think the driver on this from the beginning was, the, was you know, loads of classified information sitting in Mar-a-Lago. People say this was unprecedented. Well, it's also unprecedented for a president to take all this classified information and put him in a country club, okay? And ha- how long is the government going to uh, try to get that back? You know, they jawbone for a year. They were deceived on the voluntary uh, actions taken. Uh, they then went and got a subpoena. They were deceived on that. Uh, they feel, and the record, the facts are starting to show that they were being jerked around. And and so how long, you know, how long do they wait? Michael Cohen has now turned from Trump's butt boy into some kind of journalist. How fucking great is this country? His next move is now he is filing Freedom of Information Act requests with the Justice Department for information that will prove prosecutors acted improperly and possibly illegally against him. With what? Paying fucking Stormy Daniels? I, I, I'm, I'm fucking, like, beside myself. Cohen also feels strongly that he feels Trump took the classified documents as a bargaining chip in that this now has all blown up in his face. Okay, I'll take that. We can only hope and pray that is the case. Cohen, in my opinion, is only good for one reason. And that is, he did work hand-in-hand with Donnie Mushroom Putter. And he must know all his moves, all his intimate strategies. He himself executed those legal strategies. But in my humble opinion, Cohen should go back to his core business, which was taxi medallions in New York. We don't need another journalist, or a lawyer, or talking head. And we definitely don't need another fucking Trump book. Let's work from the premise that Donald Trump is completely innocent. Let us begin from the starting point, that Trump is a completely innocent billionaire who is an amazing president, a brilliant businessman, and is being unfairly targeted by an overzealous corrupt Justice Department. Let's just say all of that is true, which I believe is what some people feel. If that is the case, then where are his lawyers? I don't mean the ex-OAN host supermodel he met at Mar-a-Lago or the ex-Bannon low-level defense lawyer he hired without meeting, both who are now in legal trouble themselves. I mean, where are the top-of-their-class Harvard Law School defense attorneys out of New York or Dallas or Miami or Los Angeles? I mean, this is a high-profile client, a Republican billionaire ex-president. One other piece of news that caught my attention this week in the confines of the Trump Mafia was a book called Servants of the Damned by writer David Enrich. This is, this is a good one. It says that Donald Trump once tried to pay a lawyer he owed $2 million with a deed to a horse. 
This bizarre scene took place at Trump Tower. And this other lawyer, once he regained the capacity for speech, he stammered and said to Trump, this isn't the fucking 1800s. You can't pay me with a horse. Pay me my money. I mean, accounts of Trump refusing to pay legal and other bills are legion. I never thought he was offering thoroughbreds. In New York, his business and tax affairs are subject of civil and criminal investigations, and Trump's reluctance to pay legal fees also featured in his attempt to overturn his defeat in the 2020 election, which has landed him in further legal jeopardy. I want to bring in David Enrich, business investigations editor for The New York Times and author of the new book, Servants of the Damned, Giant Law Firms, Donald Trump and the Corruption of Justice. It's a bedtime story. Um, David, Donald Trump has a history of getting away. I almost said getting away with murder, but getting away with a lot of things. Have things finally caught up with him and lawyers are saying, uh, I don't want to stand next to you. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the moment we have finally arrived at. And it's a really long time coming. But isn't that extraordinary? A former president of the United States, wouldn't you think all sorts of conservative lawyers would want to be representing him? I think that a lot of conservative lawyers are, you know, very practiced in the acts of self-preservation. And this is a man who, for his entire career, going back many decades, has used lawyers as in a way that ends up getting the lawyers in a lot of trouble, if not with the law, then ethically or certainly reputationally. And I think a lot of people are very wary about making that same mistake again right now. I've read other books by David Enrich, mainly the one he wrote about Trump's relationship with Deutsche Bank, which I highly recommend, and just exhibits how fucking insane this guy is. It makes you laugh. You have to appreciate this move. It sounds more like something Tony Soprano would pull off, but kudos for him. Look at that, look at that. Five See that piece of shit? Come on, baby, come on. Zucker's mother with Tenants Harbor to the inside, going out to the lead. Come on, baby. Zucker's mother, Lil Camille, Payomai, and Tenants Harbor, and these four sprint out for the lead. Run, goddammit. Go, go, go. Coming to the top of the stretch, Payomai has the rail on the lead. Payomai ahead by two lanes as they come down. Run, you fucking nerd. Come on, guys. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Go. Just going ahead. Come on, here comes Lil Camille from the outside. Come on, baby. Go, go, go. He can't get you, baby. Go. But she just can't beat Payomai. And Payomai hits the wire first, Lil Camille was second, and Tennis Harbor third. Oh, beautiful. Damn it, I bet to show. <laughs> Would you win, five bucks? My financial advisor. This is it. This is happiness. I mean, winning is one thing, but when it's your horse, right? Yeah. Anthony, once again, your horse wisdom is not going unappreciated. Sometimes I have to sit back here when I'm writing the scripts for Trump Mafia and remind myself that I'm not creating a Hollywood movie from truth inspired by real events, but I'm writing humor and candor about an actual president of the United States and his many sycophants who are beyond cowards. What I loathe about all of them is that when all of this shit was going down. Not one of them stood up for what was moral or ethical. It was only when they were caught in a scheme 
or they wanted to sell a book, or wanted to become a media celebrity, that they fucking finally came out and stood against Trump. Well, how about all y'all go get fucked? The other sad thing is people like Bill Barr or Jeffrey Berman, they're at the end of their career, sitting on millions of dollars. So if they stopped Trump at the time, the time when it really mattered, it's not like their livelihood would have been affected. It's not like they would have gone into the poorhouse. And in that, again I say to all of them, like they say on the north side of Chicago, get fucked. Not fuck you, get fucked. Sounds apropos for this crew. Now, I move on. Steve Bannon was in handcuffs today in New York City where he was charged as a criminal defendant in a fraud case. Steve Bannon is charged in a case where two of his associates have already pleaded guilty to wire and tax fraud with money laundering, conspiracy and fraud in a fundraising fraud that convinced Trump supporters to give them money to build a wall on our southern border. Instead, Bannon and his associates are charged with simply stealing the money for themselves. The New York Times reports if Mr. Bannon is convicted and a judge imposes the maximum sentence on the most serious charge, he could face between five and 15 years in prison. Protesters shouted at Steve Bannon when he surrendered to prosecutors in a city where he is not popular. Donald Trump pardoned Steve Bannon after he was indicted on federal charges for the same activity in 2020, but that pardon does not prevent the state of New York from charging Steve Bannon for violating New York laws. I have a dream. It's a vivid dream. And that dream is that Steve Bannon has to do some time in one of New York's state prisons. Any of them will do. Attica, Clinton, Greenhaven, Fishkill, Wallkill, Auburn. When he arrives, my hope is that someone takes a toothbrush and files it down into a nice, fine, sharp point. And that toothbrush is used to stick that fat prick right in the small of his back for all the fucking chaos this guy has caused into American society. Hopefully his friends at the Aryan Brotherhood aren't able to protect him. And he bleeds out like Whitey Bulger did. Sorry for that graphic novel I just wrote, but in my mind, There is no room for hate from Bannon anymore or his reductive policies and theories. I hope that passage doesn't get me in trouble as I say the above in jest. Yeah, right. Don't make me have to do this, please. Come on. Don't make me be a bad guy. Come on. Fuck you. This motherfucker. You believe this? Two fucking days and nights. Fuck me. Fuck me, you motherfucker! Fuck my mother! That's what you fucking tell me! Motherfucker, you, huh? Oh, God. Give me the fucking name! Charlie M. 
Charlie M? Charlie M? Charlie M? Ah. You make me pop your fucking eye out of your head to protect that piece of shit? Charlie M? You dumb motherfucker! Kill me. Fuck, Kill you. You motherfucker, you. Frankie, do him a fucking favor. As of late, I'm getting a bit nostalgic. As I scroll away, I find myself yearning for the days of the investigations into Trump's ties to Russia and his possible involvement with shady figures who have connections to Russian intelligence or the global organized crime underworld. Those were heady days, days that ended with no real consequences for our good old buddy. But sometimes in life, it's all about timing. It's all about a little perspective. And it's all about, as they say, what you can actually prove. As more and more books are released, as more and more people find it okay to talk about their time under the thumb of Donnie T, maybe, just maybe, we will be led back to where we started Trump Mafia. Maybe, just maybe, with Russia falling apart under Putin and the pressure of the Ukrainian war, there will be a revisiting of those connections. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking mutt! You, you fucking piece of shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on! Let him go. He's fucking button at the face. You fucking fucking button, you fake tough guy. You, you motherfucker. Come on. Fuck, keep that motherfucker here. Keep him here. Keep him here. Come on. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Oh, Donnie. Oh, Donnie, I always feel like somebody's watching me. Ain't no privacy. Oh, 